This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. What is going on? Episode 534 on deck here. We're still talking about content strategy, business storytelling. I don't think we're going to run out of topics too soon. Imagine that 500 some episodes into it and we're still not running out of topics because it matters. It's important. You want to tell your company's story because if you don't, somebody else will and you might not like it. Today, however, we're going to talk about partner content. And what is partner content? How do we work together? How do we make sure we have good content? I mean, I partner with companies all the time. Sponsored content on ChristophTrap.com. Is that partner content? Or is partner content from business partners, from bloggers? How does that work? So to talk about that topic, Andrew, um, Ebony, he is the CEO at AdBloom, a, content, a performance content marketing um, agency based in Toronto. is joining me today on the show to dive into the topic and give us all the answers. Andrew, welcome. Hey, great to, uh, great to, uh, great to be speaking uh, with you, Christoph, and, um, and everybody watching in. It's a, it's such a great topic that when, when you reached out, I, I, uh, I was super excited uh, to get, to get on the, 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 the show with you today. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for making the time. One of these days, I will make it back to Toronto, beautiful city. I always love um, staying in, I, I think it's the Renaissance, and no, maybe not, the Renaissance attached to the the stadium where the Blue Jays oh, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch from it's your room. Cool. From your room. Yeah. And uh, Toronto's incredible place to visit until about the end of September when winter starts. And then... Uh, tell you to come right back in June. So of course, content marketers like you and I, we always love definitions. And I kind of threw out a bunch of ways people might think about partner content, but but what is partner content? Uh, how do you define it? How does it look in real life? That's a great question. And certainly a challenge for us, even at, at our own self as marketers, you know, what we have to just, what we describe AdBloom as a performance-based partner content marketing agency adds a lot of words um, to describe what we do, which is really quite simple, actually. So when we think about the sort of wide world of partner or partnership type content, we're thinking about taking our message as a business and identifying and working with partners who are, to your point, going to tell our story in their words and how that promulgates itself in the performance side. Um, these are usually... Uh, partner-based relationships where you have two or maybe more parties who really love a product, really love a brand and see this opportunity to share with their audience. Um, and then of course, you know, how do you sort of monetize and commercialize that in a lot of cases, that's going to be, you know, a piece of sponsored content that a brand is going to pay for up front. Um, but in a lot of cases, like in our world, um, we're effectively creating partnerships between companies where a publisher 
um, might be able to create a piece of content, not necessarily be um, paid up front for that content, but is able to monetize that content over a very long, if not indefinite period of time, such that that becomes a real revenue driver for them and also gives them the opportunity uh, to promote a brand, promote a product, promote a service, whatever it might be, to their audience in new and different ways where they might not have been able to um, previously. So uh, I don't know if I did that, a, a really great explanation, but really at the core of partnership content is two parties that are aligned, whether it's on an audience basis, a topic basis, a theme, what have you. And there's just this unbelievable relationship that can sprout from there when those two parties are getting together um, in communicating value propositions to their respective audiences. So that's kind of how we think about it. And we've, I really think we get to make magic happen every day. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the really fun part about the job. Well, when you tell good, when you tell good stories, when you have good content, certainly that is magic, especially in the sea of people creating crap, which of course, my friends, you remember me saying that stands for content, really annoying to people. Nobody wants to create that kind of content. Now, when you talk about, uh, two companies, um, so why would a company tell my story? So I'll give you an example, right? I mean, I, um, I send quotes out all the time, right? Somebody wants a quote about whatever, content strategy. What do people forget about? What, you know, whatever. And I do that all the time, but they need to write an article. They want me and they need diversity, I guess, for lack of a better term, in their, in their content. So what they get out of it, they get the content. What I get out of it, I get the link, I get the mention, I get the PR. But why would somebody create an entire piece of content about my company on their site, like, or maybe I'm making it too difficult once again, right? Like I'm thinking big production, maybe it doesn't have to be a big production, but, mm -hmm. but why, would a, why would a company even work with me? I mean, all this stuff takes time. Most companies don't even have time to do their own stories. Yeah. Appreciate the choir. We find it, you know, it takes a lot of effort to put um, your energy and thought into, um, um, into doing like corporate marketing, um, you know, something that we've, uh, you know, continue to work on, like, you know, generating case studies and sharing, um, sharing our, our insights with the market is incredibly important, but it's very hard to do. And I actually think you really get to the core of, uh, you know, why companies like AdBoom really exist is that most of the marketing teams that we serve don't have the time, resources, or bandwidth to spin up a team of three or four people find all the relevant websites or audiences, um, you know, because, you know, today, if we, when we just think about the web, it's like, that's like a B2B, almost just a B2B concept. You know, consumers today are in micro communities online. They're in mobile apps. They're in walled gardens all over the places. So you have to be able to reach these audiences and they are unique and diverse. And they all have their own, you know, sort of specific criteria and sort of how you want that creative to look and how you want that message to land. You know, if you were just thinking about the difference between reaching a, a consumer on TikTok or LinkedIn or Instagram, they're, they're very different channels. And so I think to the, to the, to the question, um, the why, the why is how do you extend your reach beyond, Hey, this is just my brand telling you to download my app or sign up for my, for my platform. You know, when you're able to connect with other like-minded parties, and this is sort of the partnership piece. Um, and so you identify some blogs or websites or Instagram pages that you think are really relevant to your audience and your natural. Well, that's a bunch of research work. 
And then the labor is reaching out and creating relationships and establishing that connection um, with those parties and developing an opportunity where they want to share with their audience about your product. They want to promote it. They think it's great. And you also have to make an, create an opportunity for them to be able to monetize there because their effort is, nobody's effort is free. Um, and so, you know, you always want to make sure that you have a program and we'll, we'll call these partnership programs where every one of the partners that you're working with is going to be able to um, get a great product, put it in front of their audience and deliver value to their audiences. And at the same time, be able to, you know, keep the lights on and so continue monetizing that content. So I think there's always a real, there's a real balance with a good partner, um, with a good partner. There's a real balance of um, providing them something that is of value to their audience. So, you know, when you provide a quote, you're offering value um, to that reader. Um, and in return, you're getting, uh, you know, links and contacts and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's no, it's, it's very similar in the, in the consumer side where there's got to be a value exchange. There's got to be excellent um, value for the end user, as well as being value for the, the partner or the publisher. Absolutely. So when you talk about monetizing content, like how does that typically come up in your experience? So the way I think about monetizing content, there's really two avenues I play in, right? So for example, this show plays in the, what I would call more traditional journalistic way of making money around content, right? Uh, there's, I have no product to sell at all. Uh, money, you know, revenue comes in through sponsorships. On the, there's an ad on the podcast, you know, those more traditional kind of things. It's not truly a content marketing play, even though I, I, I use a lot of the things I learn on the show in my content marketing. But then I play on the corporate side as well, where I don't monetize content in the way I monetize it on the business storytelling podcast but I monetize it by, you know, getting people pushed down the funnel for lack of a better yeah. phrase. Yeah. yeah. Which, which one do you typically work with when you talk about that? Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you another long answer, but um, I think the way that we look at the world at Adbloom is a little bit different than traditional, you know, traditional marketers do. And it, by the way, my background, I didn't come out of marketing. I didn't come out of advertising. Um, and so you know, starting a business in the sort of, you know, partner content space was, um, you know, a lot of things are very new to me uh, a couple of years ago. And, and still, I mean, the joy of the joy of the, the joy of our work is I learn something new almost every single day. So to talk back or to get back to your point, you know, most marketers want to say, hey, we've identified 10 websites that, you know, are in our target. We're going to pay them all, you know. X amount of dollars to go write a piece of content and push it in front of their audiences and hope. And I would sit as a product manager or as a, a business executive on the other side of the desk. A lot of times, you know, with our marketing firms and ad agencies and listen to this and think, gosh, this is a really messed up system because how do you know that this content is actually going to, you know, return any investment or get you any awareness or get any eyeballs. And, you know, fast forward to today, I certainly see why sponsored content exists, why, you know, why the editorial process is the way it is. But we've always thought about the world in a sense of if you're a content creator um, or an influencer or, you know, if you're an, if you're if you're a group that has an audience that you sort of engage with 
Um, and that's how we think about things on the consumer side. So take an example of an Instagram influencer with a million followers. Um, you know, most companies are coming to them and just writing them checks and hoping that the video gets the amount of impressions that they want. But for the clients that we work with and, and, and the partners that we work with, we wanted to see some different types of results. And we wanted to really marry that content and the effort that goes into the content with, with objective results. And so it might be, hey, you know, influencer put up a video, really hit well with their audience. They loved it. And 10,000 people downloaded the, you know, the app that they mentioned. Well, that's a really quantifiable result that you can now connect the content with that performance. And so those are the types of deals that we set out to create for our clients, where you really have this sort of win-win ecosystem of um, the content creators um, or the content partners are really, you know, they're really good at making content for their audience. Like, Christoph, you understand your audience really well. And every successive podcast you come up, you, you, you get to know your audience a little bit better. So over the course of the next hundred episodes, every episode is going to get better and better and better, hit better and connect better with that audience. And that's really what we aim to do. And what, we'll, what we think marketers should be doing a lot more of is you know, really marrying results and performance with the creative, with the content, because that's a, a really true, easy way to say, hey, I'm really happy with these four content creators and these other content creators are still great, but I'd like to just put my efforts in with the ones that really do give us an ROI. So I think that that's really the conversation that we should be having a lot more of is, hey, how can we leverage this message that we have at our business and, you know, be able to expand a partnership program that's going to allow others to go and promote us in their own special, unique way, um, while also being able to, you know, get, mon you know, be able to, to, to monetize that effort. Um, and that makes it a true win-win. What's interesting to me is um, when we talk about performance and content creation, because at the end of the day, um, certainly there's a skill involved in creating a product that people want to consume, whether it's an article or a podcast or whatever it might be. It makes no difference, quite frankly, right? Whatever content asset you're working on. Um, but there's also a time element. And I'm the last person to tell anybody to track your time. Do not get me started on that topic. I think it's a horrible system that agencies uh, still follow sometimes. But at the end of the day, it takes time, right? And so... Yeah. I need to be somehow um, paid for my time. I'll give you an example. I reached out to you. That's my model. I find the people, typically. I'm like, they have something interesting to say. Come on, can you come on the show, right? Had you reached out to me, and I don't, if I didn't know you, you would get an automatic email back and saying, I'm, I'm expecting, uh, accepting sponsored guests. Here's the fee. You can book here directly. Same on my blog, right? If, if I ask somebody to work with me and write something and they want to do it, they can do it. But if out of the blue, I'm getting a message for some brand based who knows where, yeah, they get an automatic email saying, here's the fee for whatever, right? If they don't, if they just want to put me in some database, I don't even respond because all that takes away time from yeah. me that yeah. I'm not getting paid for to perform content that, uh, to, to create content that has a chance to perform. Yeah, you bring up a lot of really good. Uh, you bring up a lot of really good points, and so you know the approach um, when you're thinking about outreach is exactly to your point. Spray and pray doesn't work, 
Um, it, it works with, I mean, in, there are some areas of, in life and business where you can spray and pray and it works all day long. But when you're thinking about a, a content partnership program, um, be it performance or not, uh, your, the accuracy in that list that you're reaching out to matters a whole lot. So we train our people here. We have five people on our traffic team, so they just do nothing but find cool websites or Instagram pages or mobile apps that we want to work with or that, that we want our clients to work with and, and engage and create those relationships. So I would say you have to be incredibly focused. You've got to put the work in. You know, if we're, you know, about to launch an, uh, a consumer app for uh, people that love grocery shopping, you know, if we were to send just a blanket email to anybody and everybody, I think our response rate would be just absolutely horrible. But our response rates are very high because we engage um, with those content partners initially. We develop a relationship and we send them stuff that they want. Uh, and so I think that that's the real key piece here is that most publishers, like you made, you made a point of, most publishers, most people that are creating content really just want to get rewarded for their effort and you know i could say they just want to get paid in front and i don't think it's that i don't i don't i think that discredits um the, the amount of work that you guys have to do to create good content um and so a really effective performance-based partnership program is going to take into account number one the the publishing audience for that partner audience is got to be crystal clear they should see the email about your product and go yeah this is pretty good for my audience because when you tailor your outreach and your research around actually really getting into to, to content that is that is has a very that over indexes on um, on, a, on a high probability, uh, you're, you're going to have a much higher level of success because a pub, when we send out emails to partners or prospective partners, we want them to read that email and go, yes, this is a no brainer. I run a grocery shopping Instagram page. My audience is 25 to 54 year old grocery shop, primary grocery shoppers. Um, and that's what my demographic looks like. And this is an app that is just perfect for this audience. And so the real, the, really this, the, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a partner to see that, that message and say, this is such a no brainer for me to want to promote through my content that I'm willing not to take the upfront payment. I would rather to take the internal royalty, basically. I'd rather just get paid every time somebody downloads this app and signs up for it for the rest of my life because this piece of content continues to get traffic. People come to it every single day. And this is a great product that as long as it's in existence, you know, my users should, my readers or my followers, whatever, what have you, shouldn't really be interested in it. So when you can make that connection happen, that's where you see a partner can generate way over average earnings um, from a piece of content because, you know, it's sort of like we both put our, our you know, we both put our best foot forward and, and we're really partnering together. And that's, we don't, you know, that the, the word partner really does mean a lot when you're thinking about partner, partnership based content um, because you really need partners that are right in your wheelhouse. They're saying the same, they're saying the same similar message. They're reaching a very similar audience. Um, and so it makes sense to them. And they would almost rather take that performance deal than just taking an upfront payment. So uh, what's interesting to me too, is I got some articles that are sending traffic to, uh, for example, I did an article on 
um, how to make better eye contact on on calls. And I'm linking to two products that um, actually you can set them in certain places on your screen to do that. Oh, and cool. in fact, one of the CEOs rang, reached out to me at one point and offered me a free product, which I hardly ever accept free products. And here's the reason why, because I have to pay um, taxes on them, oh, yeah, even though yeah, that product seems to be a good product. Yeah. Um, but my point is they're getting all kinds of free traffic, but I'm also getting a lot of traffic just because people are reading my article, right? Now, let's assume we move past the whole thing of upfront payment. I'm still a fan of it, especially if I don't know you. Of course. But the problem with royalty programs, I'm a big fan of Amazon. Fantastic year on Amazon for me as, as part of the Amazon Influencer Program. But aside from Amazon, I'm not a fan of royalty. And here's the reason why. Because most systems suck that I'm seeing. So give me some ways to unsuck the systems. Yeah, so, you know, I think that there's, you know, when we think about that, like the Amazon, you know, affiliate program, really, we're, we're talking about affiliate programs generally. And the tough thing in today's market is that there are a million and one brands and everybody's got a referral program or an affiliate program because everybody would like the idea of just, you know, paying out a referral fee or a royalty for every, every time a purchase is made. So I think it really comes down to, um, you, you know, I, I think you're doing the right, really doing the right thing of here's a line in the sand. Here's what it costs to get on here. If I really love the product, you're going to hear from me and I don't take gifts. And if I want to mention you, I'll mention you. So I, I think, you know, in, in our case, we rarely see, you know, run of the mill sort of publishers or content creators come and sign up. Um, with AdBloom, just because we don't, we're not a mass market gen pop type of product uh, or platform. We're incredibly focused and incredibly, um, incredibly category driven. And we, we stick to the category. So, you know, as an affiliate at AdBloom, we don't have a single client that you can buy a product from. Um, imagine that you, there's not a single product platform service marketplace that we work with where you can actually make a physical purchase or purchase something that will, that will be a physical good. So I think that I think the most important part is to um, focus on products or categories that you're going to have an above average probability of being lethally great at. Um, and so, you know, it might be B2B software in your, in your, in, in, or SaaS software or even sort of marketing software. Um, you know, in our case, we do a lot of work in mobile rewards and market research um, and the gig economy and, and fintech. So that that's our bread and butter. So when our the partners that we're working with, they know that um, we are really just cherry picking programs that we think are going to have an incredibly high likelihood of being hits for them. Um, and we've, again, like internally, the, the way that our business is set up is we only win where our client wins. We don't charge retainers or fees or monthly service costs or anything like that. And so we just have a very, very, very simple method of how we price our effort, which is we come up with a number for what that new user is worth. And, um, and we charge a client that if any, any and every time we actually generate one of those new users through content, and then we share the line, the line share of that money goes to our publishing partners, our content partners. Um, and then we keep a little bit to, to keep the lights on. And so 
I think that you, your, your, your summation on affiliate networks is incredibly right. And I would say between Amazon or Commission Junction or AWIN or any of these places, there's a lot of the same site, Rakuten, it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, and so I always think if I was, you know, when I think about our content partners, you know, the best ones are authentic. Their number one priority is engaging with their audience and their number one, uh, their number one cohort that they think about is over all else are their readers and their audiences. So I think generally, you know, my advice to anyone on the, on the content side who's, who is a, who is creating, so you, um, as long as you take care of your audience, everything else is going to sort of figure itself out because audience is key. You know, um, we're all here engaged, you know, listening to, to what you have to see, what you and me have to say, but for everybody watching today, you know, they believe in Christoph. And so, um, you know, you've now, you know, become your own kind of like influencer there. And so I think the platforms are, it's a, it's a good question, but I think just being focused and, and really honing in on what, what does my audience want? Par partnerships are great, of course. Them. Partnerships are always great. Relationships are great. But if you don't have an audience, you know, how does it help? Anyways, yeah. um, I know we're out of time here. At bloom.com, tell us really briefly, what kind of company would reach out to you and work with you? We've got about 15 seconds. Um, we're one of the leading partner-based content marketing agencies for fintech, gig economy, market research, clinical research, and mobile and mobile rewards apps um, all over the world with a primary focus on the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. And uh, my email is andrew at adblue.com. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.